much um, after the head injury. Um, so kind of going back, um, I did go to the doctor. Um, I went and saw a neurologist and he basically said, oh, you know, don't worry about it. 60 some percent of people will be better within the first month. You'll be fine. That leaves you 40% who are not. Yeah. Well, a month goes by. I'm not better. They named an interim chief of pediatrics because my boss was tired of me trying to do things from home. And uh, he wanted me to focus more on myself. And then the answer was, well, 97% or 90 some percent of people get better by three months. Cool. Three months comes. My boss asks me to officially step down as the chief of pediatrics. I'm bawling. Um, of course, at this point in my life, tears happen at random times. I have no control over them, which is another reason why I can't be an officer in the army because the last thing I need is to be talking to someone who is very high ranking, them to say something to me and me to start crying and not be able to control it. <laughs> um, so, um, I went into the what the warrior transition unit at that point, which is basically the um, the unit where people are sent so that they are no longer on the books of the unit that they belonged to before, and they can fully focus on healing. And it's a unit literally of broken soldiers. Um, and we are all a little bit different. And some people have, I mean, I, I met amputees over there. I met people with that had had a stroke while deployed and were sent back. Um, cancer, um, TBI, behavioral health issues, um, just the gamut. And I was there for three years. <laughs> wow. Most of the time, you're only there for about a year, year and a half. Um, I did try to go back to work, though. Um, after about eight months, I tried to go back to work. And I tried to see five patients in an afternoon, and the room was spinning, and I had to call my husband, who was back by then, to come pick me up. I just, I couldn't do it. I, I So I slowly tried to work my way up, and I... I, I just, I never got to more than four patients. I could see four patients in a half day. And then I'd go home and sleep for hours. Exactly. That's and what people don't realize, isn't it? I mean, right now we have been talking together pretty much an hour now. Um, and here I get the impression here, she's vivacious, she's gorgeous. Yeah, everything is all right. What I don't see when we stop this interview, you're going to crash you're going to be wiped out. And that is the brutal thing. So you can, we all have these masks on and we all keep persevering. Yeah, and whilst the patient is in front of you, you do your best and that the patient leaves and then they don't know what else happens. And I think that is the, that is the brutal thing with TBI um, or 
nowadays I, I with the post-COVID syndrome that up to 20% of, of COVID sufferers can actually have um, such a, a long-lasting fatigue, basically a, a, a slow traumatic brain injury, so to speak. In this case, the virus was the trauma. Um, and uh, those kind of things, that is, that is something that will become far, far more common out there, unfortunately. Um, but I just want to want to spell it out because people get the wrong impression. People look at you and think, oh, come on. She, clearly, she's malingering. Look at her. She's absolutely fine. Why can't you I go back colleagues. into your job? Yep. I actually had colleagues who literally told people there's no way she's totally faking it. What's great is the command team and most of the people that I was working with, I had been at that hospital for six years. So they knew that I was a hard worker. They yep. knew that I went above and beyond and that this is not who I am. And um, I had an amazing, amazing, amazing leadership team my i i can't say enough about my boss um and now my physician um i can't say enough he was he i would not have gotten to where i am now if it wouldn't have been for him despite the fact that i'm not where i want to be i don't think i ever will be where i want to be mm. and it took me a good 2 years to get to the point where i was accepting of the fact that I'm not who I was because I would just be crying about this, that, or the other. And my husband would be like, get over it. <laughs> you're, you're not the same person. I'm like, you don't understand. You're not emotional. <laughs> you're a man. <laughs> oh, so, ouch. Ouch. He is very analytical. Uh, he is very, very, very analytical, logical, like, he does not do emotional. And so he has learned so much over the last three years, oh. especially since he wasn't here for the beginning. I mean, he missed the first nine months of my head injury. And so when he came back, he almost thought like I was playing it up for like maybe attention or something until he saw me the first time I had a migraine and he realized how bad I got, not just with the pain, but what a lot of people don't understand that don't have true migraines, a bad headache is not a migraine. Mm. When you have migraines and you're someone who has one with an aura or a post-ictal phase, which as a physician, I didn't even realize migraines had post-ictal phases until I had one. And I have this aura where I'm basically, you might as well just say I'm worthless. Um, my aura is I start feeling almost like I have the flu. I feel sick and nauseous and just, I feel horrible and I can't eat and I'm exhausted and I'm just laying on the couch. Every time my husband says, are you getting sick? I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to have a migraine tomorrow. Mm. It's crazy. But also if we have bad weather, a lot of times I wake up with a migraine now. Today it was storming, but the front came through like two days ago. So it's the barometric pressure hasn't changed a lot because the front already came through. That was when I had my headache. 
Um, so stress, weather changes mm-hmm. are the main things that I notice. Too much activity. If 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 I get really excited and into something and try to do too much in a day, um, it may take me two days to recover. So, and and those are also things that people don't see. You see me at the event. Oh, she's out here. She's having a good time. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with her, but you don't see me the next two days exactly. that I'm in bed. Exactly. And so, and neither did the army. Mm-hmm. When it came time to put me out and decide whether I was staying or being medically boarded out, initially the medical board found me unfit, but then it goes to a physical evaluation board and they make the final decision mm-hmm. and they found me fit because I had worked. Well, what they didn't see was I was sitting at a computer that day making phone calls that a nurse would normally do. And I made about half as many as what a nurse would normally do. I did nothing that was in my scope of practice. It was well below my scope of practice. And I'm expected to do a lot more than that. And if I'm counted as someone then I'm expected to do the work of the pediatrician. Mm. And now they're down a pediatrician, basically. Um, And so that, and that was one of my biggest fears. I didn't want to go back to work, not be able to pull my own weight and have everyone else having to pull my weight and then resent me because I care entirely too much about what people think of me, according to my husband. Mm. Um, But I was so afraid of that. And it's taken me a long time to get to the point where it's like, okay, you know what? What's going to happen is going to happen. And I just have to do what I have to do. And so um, they finally did find me unfit. And now I'm, I'm being, or I have been medically boarded out. Um, I am currently on my terminal leave. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I grow up. I likely will not be able to practice medicine unless I find something that will let me do it at my pace. And unfortunately you don't make money if you don't do it at that fast pace. So I've honestly been looking for a job for the voc rehab folks to kind of help with my recovery and all that. They had me job searching. I found one job in the last eight months that I might have been able to apply to. It was a, a, a virtual health job. So um, I might be able to do something like that um, if I can find something like that. But I mean, it, you are you're in a very difficult position there because you're 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 still grieving about the old life that you mm-hmm. that you have been living and. When was exactly the head injury? When? So it was December 26, 2018. So it's 18. been a good yep. three and a half years yeah. almost. But it took you two to three years to actually accept the fact that, you're, that your life is changing. Right. Prior to that, you have been fighting it and you have been doing absolutely everything to convince yourself, no, 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 I am absolutely fine. So right. you actually right. didn't give yourself yet the chance to to move forward and when i say move forward um get in touch with the holistic team that you really that really gives you the best chance to 
actually get on with your life? For mm-hmm. example, how much did you explore your nutrition as something to help you with right. regards to to um, having the least, or let, how shall I say that, to keep it simple, how to have the most stable blood sugars that you're not going into emotional roller coasters every time you have a donut, um, something like that. How much have you had the yeah. chance to explore that? So honestly, um, that's where my book came in. Um, so I, it would have been about a little over a year ago. Um, I was at the heaviest I had ever been. I felt like absolute mm. crap. I just, I felt horrible. And it got to be to the point where I was like, is this the head injury or is this because all I do is eat comfort food. And when I feel bad, I eat comfort food. And that's usually sweets or very high carb content food. Um, so I decided, okay, I don't want to go on a diet. Diets don't work. Everybody fails diets because diets don't work. I need to change how I'm living. But it's not just a diet. I need to do, I need to do more. But I don't want an exercise plan either because I get dizzy. I tried to exercise with one of my friends. We were in her garage and she gave me one of those um, exercise balls. She's like, okay, now do squats. I went down and I went to come back up and nearly fell over because I got dizzy. Because up and down are the worst. They are the worst. I've gotten much better um, one of my things when I was in the, um, the WTU or the, now it's called the soldier recovery unit, the SRU is the adaptive reconditioning program. And one of the, believe it or not, one of the things we played was disc golf. Now one would think, what does that do for anybody? Well, when you have a hard time walking on surfaces that are not level, Walking through a disc golf course, which is basically just things put up in a park, helps you a lot. And the up and down, picking up the discs and standing back up, that helped with my dizziness and balance issues so much. I was amazed. Um, but yeah, uh, I needed I needed something different. So I went to Books A Million, one of the bookstores here in town, and there was nothing. You can't find anything. It's all keto this, you know, uh, HIIT this, you know, um, uh, CrossFit. Uh, and I didn't want any of that. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to make my own plan. So, you know, I Googled a few different things and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done macros before. I know how to do this. I knew a lot of the stuff I needed to do. I just needed to sit down and put it into a plan. <laughs> four pages later i'm like this is ridiculous i should write a book uh-huh. and so i did i Brilliant. googled how do i write a book <laughs> and i came up no, i'm not kidding i i came up with the self-publishing school it is actually a little online course that is helps you publish and they have different courses. They have nonfiction, they have children's books, they have fiction, they have, you know, all of these things. Now, granted, it's not cheap. 
I will never recoup the money that I spent. But I'm a published author. <laughs> I have signed books. There you go. Oh, there you go. And my sister-in-law. Now stop it. Stop it. Um, no, I was, um, so uh, I, 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 no, no, no. You are in a gorgeous, gorgeous position um, as, as being a doctor who is being forced by, by the gods or by the universe to reinvent herself. And you are on this, this new course, which is amazing, which is beautiful. And you're, you're no doubt there is this, this self-depreciation there that, that you oh, think, oh, who am I, who am I to be a, a self-published author? And you sort of, you, you say it and you make a joke about it because you, you don't really want to say, it. I don't want to say it. And, and, and it is, it's gorgeous to see that. But please, uh, please, hopefully soon you will get through that phase because you have worked damn hard to be the chief of pediatrics. You have damned worked damn hard to go out there to rescue people, um, to rescue the little baby, uh, to be out there to do those things. You have shown that you can do beautiful, beautiful things. Now, life has forced you in to start from scratch. And again, the same thing will occur. This time, however, they bound you both hands behind your back with the traumatic brain injury. Just make it a bit more challenging, okay? Right. But, but, but you are already growing. You are already, you're already that, that, that little uh, sprout that pushes the concrete aside. And when you see those little plants uh, coming through the cracks of concrete, you think, how did they do that? You are just that. You're just that woman who, uh, who is now not giving up. So you are no longer a victim. You have become a survivor. And in, in actual fact, you're on the cusp of being a thriver because you're now saying, okay, actually, fuck that. I'm going to write a book. I learn about the impact of nutrition on traumatic brain injury. How can I stabilize my brain? How can I nurture my brain? What does it take for me to get better? And that is so beautiful. Right. There are there is there are so many aspects to that, and I'm so pleased that you have taken that on. Um, I I uh, looked at into that topic not too long ago, half a year ago, and and for example, there are beautiful studies on on the management of chronic migraines simply with a behavioral program. There's a study in in teenagers and a study in in people in the workplace. And the only thing they have done is basically non-medical interventions. They put a program together, went to a big company and said, here, come on, let's actually put that lifestyle program into place and see what happens with your sick days, see what happens with your headaches, sufferers, etc. And um, they very quickly realized that putting this program into place shaved off 10 sick days wow. per headache sufferer a year wow. and of the of the facts of the of the interventions that were the easiest to maintain for the the, the people there were essentially the exercise and the and when i say exercise come back to that and hydration by yeah. actually drinking a liter of fluid more by simply having a glass of water in the morning glass of water in the evening end of the story that was groundbreaking. So with that, suddenly such simple interventions were dramatically yeah. improving lives. Now, well, 
Absolutely. And, and hydration is, is an entire chapter in my, in my book. I, I, um, well, I believe it or not, I've fallen off the wagon and <laughs> this says, says the two of us who are drinking the coffee here by the gallon. Coffee. That's right. Exactly. So we are, we had a classic example of, right. of how to not do it, but right. do in, as in I fairness, say, not as I do. There's my water and some barocca in there. It's just, so I balance. Okay. So that is the yeah. way to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, um, I, 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 I actually literally this morning was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to start back from the beginning of my book because I've had so much stress lately mm. that I have completely fallen off. And I actually say in my book multiple times, you know, if you have a problem, start back from the beginning. And I say in every chapter, Spend a week on this chapter. Don't just read this whole book. Or if you want to read the whole book, that's fine. Read the whole book, but then go back because the first chapter is mindfulness mm. and learning how to be in the moment, whether that be having some type of mindful practice every morning. I am so excited to be at a point now where I no longer have to answer to someone or be at a formation. I deleted all of the alarms off of my phone last night and it was glorious. And then I said, what time do I want to get up tomorrow? Eight o'clock sounds good. And I set an alarm. I want to get into the practice where every morning I get up, I take my medicine, I drink a little bit of coffee, and then I just meditate, do some yoga, something to just start my day off non-stressful. Because if you do that, and I used to do that when I wrote the book and was going through the whole, you know, trying to reinvent myself, mm -hmm. it really de-stresses your whole day. Mm -hmm. When you wake up after snoozing your alarm 17 times, running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't have enough time and you can't find anything. Your day is stressful right from the beginning. And that's the day that you hit every red light, even uh, though you're late for work. You know what I mean? Uh, so if you can just get up a little bit earlier, not snooze the alarm and do something mindful at the beginning of your day. And that's kind of what I talked about in that first chapter and give some examples. And I tried starting a website and doing like the community thing and I'm not good at keeping that going. Um, it's still there. And there are some freebies that people can get um, once they sign up for the website. Um, but there's really no community. I, I tried, but I'm just not good at keeping it going. I just, I'm, that's not me. Um, I, I found out. So it is what it is. But no, 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 no. You're you're really good because you're exploring. This is not you handing out uh, here. This is I've I've practiced it all. I've done twenty years of it. You're still at the start of reinventing yourself. Right. So, exactly. and that is the beautiful thing to see. You are not giving up. 
you the past does not equal the future the last three years do not mean uh that okay this is not the rest of my life no you're exploring you are working on things you're you're figuring things out and that is the key to thriving uh with a chronic disease you need to learn more than than anyone else in the world knows about that you need Absolutely. to learn about the disease or the problem that you have got plus you need to learn specifically how it affects you it's quite nice to say well 90 percent of people have who cares right. who cares well, it's quite nice to know that but if yeah. you if you are if your presentation is a little bit different well you matter that's what counts and my well my situation was different from the beginning because what i left out before um is that i was in a bad car accident in high school hmm. and life flighted like to the hospital um two collapsed lungs ended up with two chest tubes um hmm. i have my nice little scar oh, nice one across my forehead <laughs> um my scalp was detached from here all the way back um they actually had to like get in there and pull glass out it was it it was a mess they didn't expect me to live through the night um so I had a pretty significant TBI then, mm. but I don't really remember having to recover from a TBI because I laid in a hospital bed for a week mm. and then I slept in a recliner for a month mm. and I didn't go back to school. I was out of school for two weeks and and then only went back to one class a day and then two mm. classes. And, you know, so I didn't have to deal with the TBI because of all of the other injuries. Mm. So it never really even dawned on me until you're giving your history to somebody. And I give my history to the neurologist and he's like, um, yeah, that totally set you up for this to not be good. And then the boom, boom, you know, two back to back within minutes of each other. Uh, and my husband said, I hit hard both times. Um, and I thought I protected my head. I thought I held it up that, that first time, but he says, no, I hit hard on the ice twice. Um, so unfortunately it just, it is what it is. Um, but like you said, one thing that I have learned over the last three years is whether it be injury or trauma, you know, if it's TBI or it could be PTSD and it doesn't take going to war to have PTSD. There are plenty of people that have PTSD for other reasons. If you have some trauma or traumatic injury, that doesn't have to define you. You are now a new person and you have to redefine yourself. You can't let the injury define you um, because that's what I did. And I played the pity party game. My husband is always very fast to pull me out of that. He does not let any of that. He is hard on me, probably harder on me than anyone in my life. And, and it's good because he knows when to kick me into gear and he knows when, okay, that's fine. Just come here. I, I, I got nothing else. Just come here <laughs> because he, he, he knows, he knows when, when I'm too far gone than when I'm so, so yeah, he's, um, he's been an amazing sport and his family. They've been amazing too because they're here local. Luckily, we are we are where his family is. So we're stationed with his family. So 
Oh dear. So yeah, I mean, so now I'm I'm restarting my book all over again. Um today which is, I which is I beautiful. Started. No, which is beautiful. And for that, I'm I'm so happy for you. It is the same thing when an addict is in the first year of recovery. We know it all. We are good. We are good. Look at my yeah. new life. And then we fall off the wagon. Okay. And I had that, I had a relapse in my first year uh, when my, and it was so beautiful. My wife came in the next morning and lovingly said, okay, let's figure out what went wrong. Why did it occur? Why did you have a relapse? Why did you feel you want to get drunk? And it was beautiful. There was no shame. There was no guilt. There was yeah. no, no nothing there. She just said, okay, brilliant. Uh, let's see that. And from that moment on, I realized that setbacks can be so powerful in refocusing your concentration on what matters. You thought you had it all sorted? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And then I realized, okay, yeah, I did not take care of myself. I did not. I again pushed myself too hard. I again burned a candle on both ends. And surprise, surprise, there was the quick fix of, well, in this case, uh, was the alcohol. Uh, you could say the quick fix with the sugar uh, to, uh, you know, uh, st there's so many things where we are just human beings. And you, if something like that happens, if you have a donut and then feel crap, such is life. Okay. Don't, don't, don't take a big nine, nine, how do you call these whips with nine things? Flail yourself uh, in shame and guilt. <laughs> well, no. One, uh, I think it was one of, one of the therapists that I saw, because yes, I have behavioral health is another thing that people are scared of because, oh, what are people going to think of me? You know what? I have seen behavioral health because I've had a lot of stress in my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm not afraid to say it. And I actually recently graduated. So she says, I don't think you need me anymore. I was like, all right, cool. I'll call you if I need you. <laughs> and so she's like, I'm here if you need me. But, um, but I, I, I believe it was my, my most recent, um, the psychologist, she said, a lapse in judgment does not have to equal a relapse. Yes. So yes. you can absolutely screw up. And that's why diets are so bad <laughs> because people think, oh, I have to follow this diet. I have to follow this diet. I have to do this and this and this and this. And oh no, I just ate the chocolate donut. Now I've screwed up. I'm going to eat the whole box. And but that's not the case. That's go true. ahead, eat the whole box. Go ahead, go ahead, eat the whole box. Yep. Now tomorrow, just start fresh. Exactly. You know? And and. and <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. No, that's my book, My Steps to Sobriety, because I'm yeah. laughing because it, it is as as if you were quoting things from my book. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh no, it's it's just because it, that's that's exactly it. A lapse and a relapse are two different things. Right. And yeah. relapse yeah. is that you're falling back into a whole system of of hiding, of of lying, of uh, of uh, having that busy life of being an addict, whilst a lapse is just exactly that. Okay. You, you right. will not always be perfect. Accept it. Take it right. with take it with with 
from someone with authority who is not <laughs> perfect whatsoever. Perfectly <laughs> imperfect. But I love that. I love that. So, so but here we are here. I've got Amanda here. I've got myself here. We both are on our journey. We both have for sure not figured it out all out yet, but who we has? are already exactly we are already maybe just a little bit further down our path um, than you are when you're listening into this to this interview today and i think the key thing the key messages here from us are that the past does not equal the future okay no. you have got you have got there is hope for you there's help for you out there and you might have just not realized that yet it, it might look very 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 dark for you right now that's exactly where i was i was convinced there was no hope and i was i had some very very dark thoughts and nowadays i look back and think, my goodness, there was so much, there is so much hope there. That's why I do this show. That's why Amanda comes as a guest on shows. Well, I was, I was in a, I was in a dark place too. My, my lowest point was when my husband was deployed. Hmm. I wasn't able to drive. I could barely walk without getting dizzy. Hmm. I was having daily migraines. I literally had a migraine every single day because I had to take a headache diary. For eight months, I had two headache-free days in eight months. Wow. And then I started acupuncture, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and now I'm not getting acupuncture anymore. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. But, um, but my lowest point was before I had all of those therapies because it was within that first two months-ish mm. after the head injury. Mm. And I was ordering from Grubhub and Uber Eats and DoorDash. Mm. Every one of those delivery apps was on my phone because I couldn't grocery shop. So I had my sister-in-law or my niece grocery shopping for me. And, you know, when I... When you grocery shop for yourself, you always pick up extra stuff that you randomly find that you want. Um, that and I didn't feel like cooking because I felt like crap, and I gained over thirty pounds. And that that was my d deepest darkest time. Be but mine was almost like an addiction to comfort food. It was, and I really do love food. I really. Um, so I may very well have an addiction to food. You most definitely but, um, have. There's no well, and, I, and so what? So what? Welcome to the club. Addiction is a superpower. Okay, you have got the superpower because you've got the insight. But sheer having the insight. Come on, ninety-five percent of alcoholics will refuse. They deny on their grave of their grandparents that they have got a problem with alcohol. Right. That's a denial. That's part of being an addict. Okay. Right. Here you are, you have the insight. So that makes you already to 5%. And that makes <laughs> you, that puts you in a position where you are now already outside of your comfort zone. So now we have already pulled the, the string of the bow back. Now we just need to focus. Okay, where do we want to pull? Now we're ready to, to release the arrow yet. And you may not yet be there because something else needs to happen to put you more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable until finally you say, fuck it, 
I just want a different, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you find the direction. My pants not fitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's when the arrow gets released. And then, <laughs> then that's, that's where the, the amazing thing comes in. I want to say one more thing with regards to your, to the exercise, exercise and weight loss. Um, there's so much, I oh, just exercise more and you're going to be fine. Guess what? If you look at the calorie, um, how calories are burned, you know what? 70% of your calories, daily calorie burning, just is due to you living. So you maintaining just a metabolism. Your metabolic, right. That's right, your base metabolic rate. That's 70%. If you now say, wow, I want to get really, really fit. I do exercise. Guess what? That's about 5%. If you do a really good daily exercise program, that's about 5% of your metabolism that, that gets wrapped up. You know, there's 15%, 1-5%, which is actually those activities like standing, like me, I've been moving my legs during that interview, me being, being active, just hopping around there. That's 15%. That's far more. These are the, the, the kind of non-active kind of calorie burning. Right. Uh, well, and, it, and that is so cool. That's, so, that's one of the things I talk about in my book is steps. Like exactly. everybody, everybody's into how many steps they've taken. And even if, so one of the ways I went about writing this book was, okay, it was focused towards probably someone similar to me, you know, a, you know, middle-aged, you know, 40-ish year old woman who basically isn't happy with life because you know, I don't feel good. I feel sluggish. I have put on too many pounds. I don't really exercise. I don't really know how to exercise. I don't really love my diet. Mm. So, okay, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start mm. with slowing down mindfulness, mindful meditation, slowing down everything because we are such a fast paced society. And then I go into relaxation having hobbies, you know, because as a doctor, I didn't know what a hobby was. Um, exactly. Now I crochet and I have actually started doing vendor events, which may or may not be what I do when I grow up, but it is a means to an end. I'm trying to figure, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and then I go in and talk about uh, sleep because sleep is so very important. If you're not sleeping, then your whole body is off and your metabolism is off and nothing is working. And then I go in and start talking about the food and what you should and shouldn't eat. But I say multiple times, just because it's on the go, no go list, you know, just because it says don't eat this doesn't mean that you never eat it again. If exactly. it's your favorite food in the world. Exactly right. That's the biggest part of diets that fails is restrict, 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 binge. Mm. And so, and, and then you get into the exercise. And when you start exercising, if you're somebody who's never exercised before in your life and you go to the gym, okay, first of all, you're going to have no clue what to do. <laughs> and second of all, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm. You have to get yourself prepared. And so, you know, like couch to 5K or whatever, they have those programs. But honestly, get out and walk. 
get out and do yard work, get out and just move, do something. And that's what I look at now with, with me, because I need to get myself back into exercising regularly. But right now I'm so far out of shape that (laughs) I just, I need to slowly get back into it. Um, and so, yeah, park a little bit further away when you're going to the grocery store, you know, take the stairs. I can't take the stairs because I get dizzy walking up and down them. But if you don't get dizzy walking up and down the stairs, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Um, count your steps, you know, uh, smartwatch, um, or even your phone in your pocket with one of the, I mean, my Samsung phone has a health app on it. So, and, and those are all things I talk about. And I mean, a lot of the stuff, it's only a hundred page book and a lot of the stuff in it is common sense, Mm. but it's all in the same place. And that's where I needed it. And so I thought, you know what, I'm doing this, I'll put it together. And if somebody else gets use out of it, great. So yeah. Beautiful. And now I have to go ahead and redo it all because Uh, (laughs) and that's still a hot mess. No, it's a privilege. It's a privilege (laughs) of you for you to actually go out there and and relearn that because repetition is is the makes you the master. Okay. How can you try something once and say, no, I'm the master? I know. Uh, no, it right. doesn't work like that. You have to fall down just as much as a child when it learns how to to walk. Um, it will fall down so many times, but mm-hmm. it will get up until it has mastered it. And it's the same with recovery of after an addiction or after a mental health problem. It's the same with recovery after a traumatic brain injury. You will grow. You will grow to strengths that you have no clue that that you could possibly get there. But you will. I know that. I know that you don't know that. And that's the problem. When I say you, that, that to a certain degree applies to you, Amanda. But I'm, I'm talking now to the to our viewers and, and listeners out there. Guys, you have no idea what the future will bring if you start taking tiny little steps, but consistent every day two words, your new future. In order to do so, you need to, de- you need to define who you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. You need to dream, then have a very clear vision of that dream, which makes it then really a vision, so to speak. So dream, vision, and then you have to take action. And then that makes it a mission for you. And if you then follow that path, that's where you suddenly come to places like where I am right now, eight years or thereabouts after after addiction, or for you, four years after a TBI. We are both essentially at the starting points. We're just maybe maybe a few years down the line on our path compared with others who are listening to this show. So guys, this is this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is this is you get to redefine yourself. You get to transform. And that is a, such a beautiful, powerful position to be in. So just just put the shame, the guilt, the the oh why me, poor me, put all that shit to the side and actually say, okay, who do I want to be when I grow up? And it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 70. Okay. Life is as my is husband always tells me, pull up your big girl panties. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> at the same at the same time i'm just writing two books with some wonderful wonderful co-authors for the boys it's called boys do cry or men do cry and for the girls it's called depression depression lied to me and we talk about all those bullshit kind of big girls pans and boys don't cry and all these kind of cliches it's okay if that helps you to to pull yourself out of the the pity party that's okay but if that is your your main driver uh your main belief and then every time you actually do cry uh you find yourself a failure well that's something wrong Absolutely. so well like i was saying with my husband he it took him a little bit but he's figured out when i just need to cry and when i need him to kick me off the couch and tell me <laughs> it is time to stop your pity party and if you're gonna pity party go find somebody else <laughs> beautiful beautiful so yeah you um, you need support support is you. huge Huge. Amanda, tell us if people want to know more about you and want to find out more about you, where can they go? Um, so my book um, is available um, on Amazon. It's Hot Mess to Wellness. Um, I do have a website that is somewhat attended to. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hotmesstowellness.com. Beautiful. And guys, look down there, look down there into the description in the show notes, uh, because you've got all the, the links there uh, for Amanda to, uh, to to get in touch and, and uh, to just maybe send her. Uh, hey, well done. Well done. Um, because it is it is we are creating communities here. We are creating tribes of survivors and thrivers. And sometimes just that little pat on the back to say, hey, thank you. I really loved your book um, or the kind of, of, hey, wow, you that was such a good insight that changed my life. Um, that can be so powerful. So, you know, start 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 working together and start uh, start living lives that mean something to you, to your family, maybe to society. And maybe just maybe we can make this world a little bit of a better place one interview one action one smile one comment at a time hey amanda you're a gorgeous woman thank you so much for being a a guest on my show i absolutely appreciated that and and there were some lovely lovely insights which made me think so thank you so much thank you and you guys out there look after yourself and live with passion Bye.